0: Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen.
1: And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo.
0: Welcome back, Nicole. How are you today?
1: I am doing well, Chris. I'm recovering from my uh, post-Thanksgiving (laughs) overabundance.
0: My stomach always is like okay for a few days after Thanksgiving needs to settle down just like our horses. In this week's topic about antibiotics and and it's such an interesting concept. I told you before we started recording, like I got really excited reading the research. It's been a while since I've been you know super super excited reading a, a scientific study because this is such a fascinating topic, isn't it? And it it has such an impact on digestion.
1: Absolutely. And the impacts are something we're still learning more and more about. I think we all broadly recognize the impact of antibiotics on digestion, but getting down into the nitty gritty and as our scientific methods improve, what we anecdotally know is being supported by much more specific information, which is pretty neat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I know a few weeks back we talked about the gut and the microbes and the microbiome. So that research is very exciting, you know, linking it back to horse health. But I think just to kind of kick this off, you know, when are horses today getting antibiotics? And and my other question is, you see this term antimicrobial. Do you, if we can kind of talk about the differences, because if you, if, you know, you just Google it or search it on the internet, you're going to see these two terms, antibiotics, antimicrobials. So it does get a little confusing. So If we can kind of open up with that with the listeners and then, you know, when are horses going to get treated with antibiotics?
1: That's a great question. So antibiotics are a more specific thing in the family of antimicrobials. So antibiotics are specifically targeting bacteria. Where antimicrobials is a broader term, it targets bacteria and then other microbes, think fungi, protozoa. You'll notice the word microbes comes up, and it's something that we've talked about a lot in the context of good microbes. These antimicrobials are targeting things that are pathogenic, meaning they're bad for the horse. They can be things that are common in the environment, that when a horse is stressed, for example, an overabundance of them might grow and lead a horse to become sick. So that's why when you see the two different terms, a lot of times are interchangeable, but not always. And probably the more correct thing for us to s- discuss today is the broader term of antimicrobials.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because it does impact them. So I know we, we did a whole podcast on this, but it, it, I think it's worthwhile just to briefly remind the listeners on why the gut microbes are so important and where they're located. So if we can just kind of do a brief review on that, what can set up about how these antimicrobials can affect that.
1: Broadly, horses have microbes throughout their entire digestive system. However, the ones that we think the most about, because it's the most abundant population and has such a huge impact on their health and well-being, are all the microbes that live in the hindgut. And their main job is to ferment forage. So turn fiber, which is something the horse doesn't naturally digest with its own enzymes, into energy. And the microbes are the ones that do that. And then they turn that fiber into usable end products that the horse can then turn into different types of energy, some B vitamins, kind of all that fun stuff that we talk about. So that's where our primary focus is in the hind gut. And, you know, ultimately, we're always thinking about how we keep that population healthy and the interesting thing is there's some situations where balancing risks we need to give the horses antibiotics antimicrobials which we know can have some detrimental impacts on that population so it's a it's a bit of a balancing act to make sure the digestive tract stays healthy in situations where an antimicrobial is absolutely warranted
0: yeah and again that research discussing this is is just fascinating So before we jump into how these affect the digestive system, can we just kind of give some instances when when a veterinarian may prescribe antibiotics to a horse or antimicrobials?
1: Horses are going to be prescribed some sort of antimicrobial when your vet's worried about a pathogen creating an infection. So this can range from, for example, your horse gets a cut and it's got dirt, manure, things like that have invaded that area. And so they're worried about an infection setting up in a wound they're also prescribed for more systemic issues as well. So your horse has been exposed to something that systemically could create an infection. One of the challenging things with, you know, antibiotics is we're always worried about resistance. So essentially that, you know, the things that it's targeting are going to involve in such a manner that our tools to prevent them, antimicrobials no longer work. So your veterinarian is going to choose route of administration. So you mentioned there's There's topical, so sometimes we're just going to put something topically right on a wound. Systemic, either given orally or injectable, sometimes you're going to be super specific. Maybe the horse has an issue in its lower leg and they might actually do a regional limb perfusion where they're not just giving that antibiotic in the neck, for example, they're actually perfusing it right into that lower leg to get it where it needs to go. So there's a lot of considerations into why, when, and which antibiotic or antimicrobial to use. And then we have this discussion of broad spectrum. So a lot of times when your horse has some issue, your veterinarian doesn't necessarily know what that issue is. So they might prescribe a broad spectrum antibiotic. Maybe your horse responds really well, but a lot of times they're going to take some samples, send it to a lab that will culture it, and maybe determine what specific antibiotic goes against that particular pathogen. So it's a pretty complex situation. The main thing to remember here is that your veterinarian is guiding those decisions. Uh, A major shift in just the livestock industry in probably the last five to seven years is a lot of the -the over-the-counter use of antibiotics, which generally we saw in production species, not horses, has been removed to make sure there's veterinary oversight of all of this specifically because of that resistance issue that we're concerned about
0: oh it, it, I mean I you know dating myself a little bit, but as a kid oh you're sick here's antibiotics you know take some and or here's penicillin and horse is sick here, just give it some antibiotics you're right though because of this resistance we're not seeing it as much anymore, but it's still out there right it's still very important. So it's going to influence the digestive system, correct? Like
1: Absolutely. And that's kind of the
0: topic here is yeah, so looking at these antimicrobials, these antibiotics, how in the heck are they affecting the microbes compared <laughs> to okay, we we want them to treat the infection, but we don't really want it messing up with the stomach or the or really the hindgut.
1: A lot of times, you know, especially in horses our first line of defense is often, as I mentioned, a broad spectrum antibiotic. Meaning your vet might not know specifically what's wrong with your horse, but they're making an educated guess and they're gonna pick an antibiotic that covers a range of different pathogens. The problem is, those antimicrobials, the things they're targeting aren't just specific to the pathogens. So you might have something that is gonna work against XYZ pathogens. But it's also at the same time going to kill some of what we call are the good bugs or the good microbes that live in your horse's digestive tract. Now, as you get more specific, so we do some culturing and sensitivity, less likely to happen. But again, when we think about the evolution of bacteria, protozoa, fungi, there's a lot of conserved traits amongst those. And so something that is negative and pathogenic, so it causes sickness in your animal, might only be the tiniest hair's breadth different from one of our good microbes that helps digest fiber or things like that. So unfortunately, when you're in this situation, again, going back to that balancing act, your veterinarian is going to say, okay, I think this horse has XYZ, or maybe it has some diagnostics to back that up. And we know this antimicrobial is going to get rid of the bad bugs. But at the same time, the risk factor that we're willing to accept in that situation is going to be some possible upset of the good microbes that live in your horse's digestive tract. Now, that in and of itself isn't always a big deal, right? There might be some mild upset. The horse has a host of different microbes living in their digestive tract, and there's a lot of overlapping coverage, if you will. So maybe we're going to knock down this population a little bit, and their main job is to digest cell wall fiber, But we have some other bacteria that do the exact same job, so it's not going to be that big a deal. However, in some situations, it's not necessarily the big impact is that we upset some of the good microbes. It's that when those populations died off a little bit, some other microbes that are more pathogenic, not even the original thing that the horse was infected with, those populations can grow and also cause issues. Salmonella would be a great example of this. So that's something that's pretty broad in the environment. There's a lot of horses that are just carriers of salmonella, meaning it's in their digestive tract all the time, but in a stressful event, antimicrobial use kind of knocks down some of the good bugs and makes this hole in that population, which allows salmonella or other pathogenic bacteria, there's many examples, to then thrive, and then those horses break with diarrhea or other issues as a result of a secondary pathogen. That's where again, that risk reward factor on using an antimicrobial comes in.
0: No, it's fascinating nicole and and you know, as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, that can lead to this, this, and this, and this, and this." So could we briefly just kind of remind listeners when we get these disruptions in the balance of microbes in the hind gut what are, what are some of the what are some of the disorders that we see?
1: Ah, yes, so the risk factors we're looking at. Sometimes they're really mild and you'll have upset the balance a little bit, but the horse won't exhibit any outward signs. On the same token, though... As things shift, you might see things like diarrhea. That'd be a really common side effect. Sometimes because other pathogenic bacteria have taken hold, like your salmonella, or sometimes just because things are so upset that the horse is not digesting properly. And that's how we get a bacteria break that has nothing to do with something infectious. More severe cases, we might see colic. Um, And then, of course, the really, really like far end of the spectrum is you so massively disrupted that microbial population that normally lives in the hind gut that tons of them die. And when they die, they release what are called toxins, so endotoxemia, and the end stage of that is laminitis. So in terms of kind of this the swinging host of impacts that we can have, most of the time they're really minor, okay? You might not even notice a change in your horse maybe some mild gassiness or diarrhea. But, you know, we need to also be aware of the fact that there are, in a small number of cases, some pretty big impacts. Um, You might see a colitis. So antimicrobial use would be one of the causes of colitis, which is inflammation of the colon itself, um, which can sometimes lead to colic as well. So, you know, most horses treated with antibiotics do perfectly fine, and the benefits of that outweigh the risk. But in a small proportion of horses, unfortunately, we do see those more significant digestive upset.
0: No, I know it, it. It is concerning, but there are steps we can take, right? So, what are some of those things we can do while they are taking antibiotics, and then afterwards, you know, how long we can help them reestablish those those proper balance of microbes in the gut.
1: Ah, good question. Okay. So here's the part where we can talk about what can we do? Number one, only give antibiotics under the direct supervision of a vet. So I know it can be tempting to be like, oh, so-and-so Susie has some antibiotics left over from when her horse had cellulitis. I think my horse has cellulitis. I'll just borrow those. (laughs) two two issues there. One, Susie, Susie probably should have run the entire course of antibiotics because that's how we end up with resistance by not going through a full course. Two, your horse may or may not have cellulitis and your vet may or may not have thought that antibiotic was appropriate for your horse. So the biggest thing, don't just kind of give old drugs that happen to be around type of thing. Now, from there, you know, we've already talked so much about the many things that are helpful in promoting a healthy digestive tract. All of those tenets remain true. So good access to quality forage, small grain meals, basically thinking about, we know the digestive tract is already stressed. Let's not add any additional layers on top of the stress that's coming from your antimicrobials. Then, of course, we think about what are some added things we can do, and that's where pre and probiotics come in. So probiotics are live microbes designed to help support the digestive tract, keep that population healthy. A lot of times those will be different yeast strains in the horse, but there's some bacterial strains as well. Prebiotics are nutrients that aren't absorbed by the horse. They kind of pass through, make it to the hindgut, and then they feed the good bugs that live there. So essentially, we know that that upset can occur. What are things that we can do to help keep that population as healthy and thriving as possible? It's a great way that pre and probiotics are helpful. So in the tribute line, we build those into your grains. So your horse is getting pre and probiotics all the time. I think that's really helpful going into these situations because we're making sure that hindgut is as healthy as possible ahead of time. Now, I might recommend we go ahead and add more on top of that just kind of depends on the situation. Um, that might look like the Equifirm XL top dress, which is just the pre and probiotic. It might look like the constant comfort pellets, which have Equifirm plus some additional ingredients for the stomach. But a lot of times what we're going to do is kind of piggyback on what's already built into the grain to make sure we're really supporting things.
0: No, that, yeah, it's all. it always comes back to pre and probiotics and how important they are. And it's just – it's so funny, you know, a couple decades ago, it it really wasn't in our toolbox as much. Now today it is like, you see it everywhere and how important they are to the horse and even to our own health as humans. So anyways, fascinating topic, Nicole, any other final tips that we can give uh, our listeners out there on, on getting their horses through these treatments and making sure they stay healthy?
1: Final tips. Okay, number one, I kind of mentioned it earlier, just thinking about being a good steward of, you know, horsemanship, et cetera. Always making sure you use the entire antibiotic treatment that your veterinarian prescribes. So if it's a 10-day course, don't stop at seven days because the horse seems like it feels better. So as I mentioned, that leads to resistance. The other thing is to just keep a really close eye on your horse. Know what is their normal. So some of those negative impacts, like a little bit of diarrhea, some of those things are to be expected and might be okay to a certain extent, But of course, if it turns into profuse diarrhea or some other issues, you're going to want to notify your veterinarian right away. Maybe they'll change to a different antibiotic, use some other course of treatment. Um, So making sure you have that open dialogue throughout that treatment to make sure that, again, weighing those benefits and risks that we make sure and keep the horse as healthy as possible overall
0: all good stuff all good stuff and and just for our listeners again as always if you have any questions or concerns about your horse or what you're feeding that link is in the show notes please reach out to that free consultation uh to to help you that's why we do this that's why i i love this podcast i love these topics because it just you know we're trying to help you and trying to help your horses you know be as healthy as they can but thank you so much nicole great podcast today
1: thanks so much chris